0: The Pasco County DEC is providing this podcast as a public service in order to let you know more about the issues and ideas which Democrats have identified as being very important for voters and also to provide a forum for Democratic candidates for office. Our podcasts are open to anyone interested in how Pasco Democrats are dealing with the important issues of the day. You can check out our PascoDems.com website and also on Facebook, Pasco Dems. And the views expressed by the guests and hosts on our podcast are their own. On the views of the Pasco County Democratic Executive Committee. Hi, okay. today in the news we're talking with a candidate, Gary Curry in Trinity who is running for House District 55. We're very glad to hear him and uh, talk with him today. So, Gary, without any further ado, tell us a little about who you are and why you're running.
1: Okay, well, I am a 60-year-old resident of Heritage Springs in Trinity. Uh, I've lived in Florida since 2001, in this area specifically since 2007. Uh, I have a background in finance and accounting. I have a bachelor's in public accounting and master's in corporate finance and MBA. And I am now fairly retired from that. Uh, I want to I'm, I'm running because I want to give a little bit back to my community here. And I have been a politician in the past. I was a board of education member on the Arlington Central School District in duchess county new york where i'm from um and i was on the board there for two terms uh the only reason i le- i was i left the board was because i moved down here with my wife at the time and um i enjoyed it and i thought i had done my my bit for king and country by doing my service and running for public office and serving but over the last few years as we all know we have seen that Uh, things have gotten a little too extreme. And I want to try to bring a voice of reason, a voice of facts, a voice of figures and statistics, and to try to be able to bring a sense of normalcy back to government. Uh, I don't think that extremism on either end works. I believe that we have to work together. And I believe that if we let the data speak for itself, of course, being an accountant for over 30 years, you know, I'm used to dealing with numbers and things. Um, but though that was, one of the, that was one of the main reasons. And the other, the other main reason is, uh, quite frankly, I'm angry at what I see going on in my state. I'm disappointed. And I want to make a difference. And how do we, there's an old expression that goes, you know, how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time. Yes. So if I can do my if I can do my one bite here to take a bite out of the elephant of the Republican Party and try to get things back to an area where we can, you know, talk more and have have more power to be able to make more decisions and to get, you know, our priorities as Democrats across, then I think I've done my job.
0: Well, good. That's a good start, and I thank you for that. Uh, where in New York State did you say you were from?
1: Well, I was born in Westchester County, which is just above New York City, in a little town called Mount Kisco. Um, I moved to Carmel, Carmel, New York, when I was when I was real little. That's where my parents raised me. I'm an only child. Um, and then I decided when I met my my ex wife, and and I we we decided we wanted to move up to Dutchess, which was the next county up. It was mm-hmm. a little less expensive. And I lived in Dutchess County from 1996 to 2001. Oh, okay. And that's and so that's where I'm from. And then in 2001, we decided to come down here to Florida.
0: Okay. And I come, you and I share another thing. I come from northern New York State, up near Watertown.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a little bit further north than I yes. am. A little bit colder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, what we're going to do now, I'm going to just throw a few of the uh, issues that I think are in front of people uh, who are concerned about things happening here in Florida. And one Mm -hmm. of the first things I'll mention to you is a House Bill 109 that has to do with um, um, uh, people who can go and say, I want to have this public school turned into a charter school. I don't know if you've read about it, but it's one of the significant things for those of us who were in education. I was a teacher for 30 years, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of the things that really, really upsets me that might happen. And I don't know if you've read about it yet. If so, fine. What do you think? And if not, well, at least you probably will want to very soon.
1: Well, I, I have not read the details. I have heard of it, most certainly. Um, I've kept my hand in education here in Florida, you know, Ever since I moved down here, um, so I, I keep myself try. I try to keep myself abreast of, of what's going on, mm. but I <clears throat> believe that public education in this country and in this state is what one of the wonderful things that we were we were founded upon. Um, I think it, it. I'm I'm a very big public education advocate. By the same token, I am not a fool. I understand that. You know, there is a need also for charter schools, but we need to balance that with the needs of the entire public child, the the entire public uh, student population. And it's it's not something you can just keep taking away resources from one area just to put them in another. To me, it almost sounds like a destruction of the public school system as we know it and setting up little areas where we can indoctrinate for lack of a better term, students, into a particular way of thinking. And I think that's wrong. I think what we need to do is focus on, on the educational system that we have currently, that we need to hire good quality professional teachers, that we need to hire good quality professional administrators, and then for crying out loud, let's let them do their job. Okay. Uh, I when I was a school board member my job as far as I was concerned was not to sit there and tell you what book that you need to ban or what books i need to see on your curriculum my job was to interpret policy and put in policies for safety we i was at the beginning of columbine back mm-hmm. in 1999. So that was a, an interesting issue, but more to the point, we need to emphasize on school safety. We need to we need to emphasize on allowing professionals to be professionals. We have teachers that are well trained. You know, we want to keep those teachers. We want to give them the compensation that they deserve. So so much. Um, they're my heroes, teachers, administrators. They have to go on the front lines every day. You know. I remember as a parent, you know, I would drop my kids off to school when they were little, and then I'd go to work, yeah. you know, and I'd pick them up afterwards. You know, my, they'd have my kids seven, eight hours a day sometimes, you know, with after-school programs. And these are the, these are the people we need to support and fund, and we don't need to encumber them with useless um, – what's the term I'm looking for? With, with useless cultural – Issues okay. uh, that that deal with that are more political in nature than they are learning in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Let's
0: Okay. Well, let me make a, two suggestions in one um, today. When we get done, look at House Bill 109 and download yes. it, and uh, you'll see what's it's filed. And secondly, there's a remarkable book that I just picked up a couple of weeks ago. It's called "The Death of the Public School." And a woman who was a Pulitzer Prize winner in another area did a remarkable book and got tracing the history of voucher system and, and uh, uh, traditional schools and the problem with what's happening now in terms of, of they're wanting to change our school system. It's an excellent book, and you'll probably want to take a look at that just to be on the safe side. Now, I'll give you another topic here, which I think you might know something about, and that is budget. What do you think? <laughs> so go ahead talk about budget um,
1: well I to be polite I don't believe that our esteemed governor's priorities are where they should be in terms of budget um, I believe in in terms of education I um, Per pupil spending, I I did a little research, and I pulled these numbers off of the United States Census Bureau, so I'm not pulling them exactly from a partisan area, left or right, Mm -hmm. Um, but these are government statistics, which I do tend to trust a lot more than any other statistics. Per pupil spending here in Florida, uh, as of 2022-2023, was Mm $9,645, and that ranks 44th in the nation.
0: Oh, yeah, right. Okay?
1: Okay. And teacher salaries, we'll go back to that again, $51,009, ranks 48th. And then what happens? We have a gradu- high school graduation weight, which sounds wonderful, at 89.79%, but it's ranked 33 in the dead center. Now, do I believe that throwing money at everything is the answer to the problem? Absolutely not. I know that our public schools have issues with infrastructure. They have issues with safety. And they have issues with funding. I mean, we we always fought, even back in New York. You know, we we had um, we could raise bond issues and do things for school taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mostly included in our in our property taxes here, but not quite to the extent which we had in New York. So you know, they rely a lot more here in Florida on spending from Tallahassee. And Tallahassee needs to realize that nine thousand six hundred forty-five dollars per student spending on average is really quite low. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're you're going to get yeah, you can you're going to get some some good teachers, and they're going to be in it for the um, for the short haul because you know a starting salary of you know an average salary of fifty-one thousand dollars is not bad, you know. But in the long haul as we go through their we go through our careers we hope to get increases and we hope to get you know better ways to show our creativity as 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 educators and it's something that i don't think that they are addressing. well let's put this way they're addressing but they're not addressing it in the proper way mm-hmm. you know their, their issue is to ban books the issue is to put in politicians in sta- in places of educators you know they want to tend to want to indoctrinate our students intent, instead of teaching them to be free thinkers you know right. i you know when i went to school there was a big emphasis on learning how to you know remember facts and figures and darn it you know i made a whole career out of numbers and facts and figures as mm-hmm. an accountant but you know i was also given the opportunity to be a free thinker you know i was taught to you know think outside the box not just in college but more back in my middle and high school days we Mm -hmm. had excellent teachers Mm -hmm. we had excellent and then my parents also encouraged me to read anything and everything i was never restricted from that my mother and father rest their souls gave me you know gave me free reign and if i had questions you know maybe they didn't know all the answers but they do their best to explain it, or they would point me in a direction where they could.
0: Yeah. So I presume you would probably not put in a, a million dollars for FSU litigation.
1: Oh, absolutely not. I read that in the in the in, this, in the Times yesterday, and I was like, Why would you put a million dollars aside for litigation if, unless you're so worried that you're going to get sued? Well, yeah. here's here's a novel idea. Let's not do something that's going to get that's going to get you sued. OK, you know, you know, you you know, it, like you'll joke with the doctor, you know, doctor, it hurts when I do this. Well, then don't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing. If you don't want to get litigated, don't do something that's right. going to cause litigation.
0: Now, speaking of health care, then, and doctors, let's talk about health care in Florida. What would you want to do?
1: Oh, uh, health care. Health care. I was in I was in the medical field. For a number of years, I ran urgent care centers. I ran an emergency department administratively back in New York, and I worked in durable medical equipment. So I have a little bit of a a business person's insight. And I was married. My ex-wife was a nurse, so I have that perspective. My aunt was a nurse, so I have I have both sides of the issue here. And again, doing a little research myself, I was looking at the Kaiser Family Foundation Mm -hmm. statistics. Um, Talking about um, Florida, employer insurance, it ranks 50th out of 51, which is absolutely incredible, you know, and and the uninsured here in Florida, it ranks, we are the fifth highest of uninsured with 11.2% of our citizens uninsured, and that is unacceptable, and you the other side will make the argument well then that's gonna you know raise costs and it's going to you know we shouldn't have everybody covered because then people will flock to florida and i have news for you we have costs now and if we don't provide insurance for everybody then someone's gonna have to pay for it Mm -hmm. now whether that's in the way of a hospital with higher billing rates to uninsured patients and then they'll go after them through um you know litigation on unpaid bills and then they'll maybe wind up settling for 5 to 10 cents on the dollar for that and putting people through basically hell when they have a medical issue um, or if they're um, you know if they just have a dire medical emergency I mean I'm fortunate I have I have a pretty decent health care plan here that covers me I went for a minor procedure yesterday and it was pretty much covered. I only paid about a hundred something dollars out of pocket, which for me is not part, you mm. know. But the procedure itself I took a look when I went to the surgical center and it said out of pocket, if if not, it was two thousand dollars yes. just for the surgery center. Mm. The average individual's not gonna afford that, and someone's gonna have to pay for that. So if we make the Medicaid system more available to the uninsured here in Florida, that's something that I believe would work. And then up the Medicaid reimbursement rates. They are the lowest rates in in the country for doctors, hence why most physicians don't want to take Medicaid. It's not that they are afraid of the particular type of people that have Medicaid, you know, the poor and, and people that get thrown to the side, but it's it's the fact that they you know they can't even cover their basic minimum costs you know when yeah. i ran the urgent care center and when i ran the emergency department we did our self pay based fairly reasonably at the time i thought okay. it, was, it was based on you know a payer mixture and we knew that medicare was going to pay a certain percentage we
0: knew that self pay would pay a certain percentage okay.
1: medicaid would pay a certain percentage but okay. we would base everything on that
0: now, one more topic before our time for today is up, but I'm sure we're going to be talking uh, in the future uh, sure. often about these things. Let's talk about insurance.
1: Uh, it's funny you 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 picked the three topics that I did the most research on. They're sitting right on the top of my of my lists here. Good. So, absolutely. As a homeowner myself, um, I, I recently had to switch the insurance on my home. Um, my it was it, my father passed away about six months ago, and the house fully transferred from my father to me, and I had to switch the policy because they will not write the policy from, you know, switch right. the policy from one person to another. Right. So I would I had to do a lot of research on my own, and I have I have good friends that work in the insurance underwriting industry um, around the country and i was shocked like why why are things so expensive and they would say well you know florida needs to reform it's it's um the way that it does insurance you know you, you need more options to help keep the insurance companies willing to write policies in florida uh you know the loopholes that we used to have such as Um, being able to get yourself a new roof here in Florida, basically, if you lost a shingle off the top of it after 14 years, you know, that sort of thing. Those are the things that drive costs up and drive insurers crazy. And you get enough people involved in that where they want a slice of that pie, unscrupulous contractors, unscrupulous attorneys, and it's a recipe for disaster. And then also you know we have one of the highest auto insurance rates in the country down here i i have two vehicles and i'm 60 and i have a clean as clean driving record and i pay what i feel is an exorbitant amount every mm-hmm. 6 months for mm-hmm. my my auto insurance and my cars are 15 and 30 years old i have a, i have a classic sports car so <laughs> You know, but, yeah. but that notwithstanding, it's still to me just very, very cost prohibitive, even for the average individual who doesn't have a, you know, doesn't have a sports car, but has just a, a good, solid four to five year old SUV that they need to drive around in. And it's, it's because of, of insurance scams and, and things that need to be that are loopholes in the law that need to be changed. And I'm currently doing more research on it, so I get myself more in tune. Because my first loves are obviously um, health care and health care for the elderly and for education because of my background. Okay, but well, that's also-
0: <clears throat> this is a good, good start. Uh, you're very well prepared, uh, Gary. It's really nice to welcome you into the um, Democratic community here. And I wonder, first of all, uh, we'll stop it here, but for the moment, how would people donate to your campaign? Do you have a website?
1: I do not yet. I, I just finally was able to file my papers. It took a little doing and some time. I, 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 I finally got them filed. I have to open up a, an account, and I will be having that, and we'll speak with you again shortly, and we'll, we'll have that all set up. It's going to take me... Couple
0: good. Of days Good. Well, I'm certainly welcome you here today. Thank you so much. I, I think you're going to make a very good candidate, and I'm very happy to have talked with you, and I'm sure we'll talk more in the future. So thank you for your time, Gary, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you, Cal. Good to talk to you too.